Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Cole, your host, and you are not. Joining me today, all the way from the beautiful state of Florida, is the legend-tripping author himself, Mr. Christopher Balzano. How are you? What's going on? It, it, it's crazy. It feels right now like it's noontime. It is so bright in my house right now. Is it really? So let's at least we can say the sunny uh, state of Florida. I don't know if I would say beautiful. Should I look up holiday, uh, Florida Man and see if your name's on it? <laughs> Please, definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> so is it Balzano, Balzano, Balzano? What is it? Oh, my word. You've known me for like 40 years now. Yeah, it doesn't um, What I say, as a high school teacher mm-hmm. uh, and former middle school teacher, I say every year, it's Balzano. It's okay. Don't, it's not Balzano. Don't worry about it. It's okay to embrace the balls. Very okay. first thing I say to them every single day, every which single you, year. So you, you get a chuckle from the boys and the women, the girls are. It's already out there. They're already chuckling. So I kill mm-hmm. it before it becomes a joke with anybody else. So yeah, Good thinking. balls on it. Yeah, there you go. All right, sure. You know, because I mispronounce everybody's name. I just want to make sure I was equal. I love it about you. Yeah. So anyway, which is, which is hard because most people usually. You know they'll deal with it, but uh, there are some people who get little, little testy about it for some reason. You know, it's and I always repeat, I always correct people. I'm mm-hmm. literally people I've known for years still continue to call me Belzano. That's what I get the most, Belzano, um, to the point that my dad even sometimes says Belzano, and I'm like, Dad, it's Belzano. There's no e in my name. There's no e in our name, and he doesn't seem to listen to me. Yeah. My son's uh, fiance, I, I, you know, I. I Forget her name sometimes. I just call her the girl. <laughs> it's yeah. I I'm notorious for you know. I have 130 students a year. Oh God bless um, you. At least I'm sorry. 180 students a year. I don't <laughs> remember everyone's name. I just give people nicknames. That's all, all I can go. go. There you go. Anyway, so uh, before we get on the air, I was talking. Um, most people know who follow me is that I had uh, spinal compression, and so I had a neck operation. They, you know, they we took some discs out, and they, you know, did a little titanium in there, and some other little things, and then they gave me this three thousand dollar EMF generator that I have to wear four hours a day. So uh, it's 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 kind of intriguing. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm looking forward because. Uh, I have the red light seance, which I've been studying for over 12 years now. And uh, next one, I'm going to wear it. And like, oh, this ought to be good. Because, you know, you can go to a ghost store and, and buy these, well, EMF generators, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because when uh, when they're going through kind of like trying to say, okay, well, maybe if there's not something paranormal going on. And they, the presence of so much EMF, 
sometimes means something harmful could be happening to the family, right? Like the refrigerator is giving off too much EMF or something like that. So it's interesting that they're putting it right onto your, um, near your brain. Um, so is there a logic behind that? Like what's the, what's the science behind? Okay. I'm so glad you asked. I'll give you the little blurb from the brochure that I have, by the way. (laughs) That's my job to give you softballs. Uh Uh, bone growth therapy. That's what it's called. Commonly known as bone growth stimulation. Woo. That's good on a Saturday night. Uh, (laughs) Is a safe and uh, non-surgical treatment your doctor has prescribed to improve your opportunity for a successful fusion or bone fracture healing. These devices use a low-strength pulse electromagnetic field, PEMF, to uh, activate the body's natural healing process. Electrical currents have been used to heal bones since the mid-1800s, and they were called quacks back then. However, it wasn't until the 1950s that scientists made an important discovery. When human bone, when a human bone is bent or broken, it generates an electrical field, which we all know that we generate electrical fields. We, that's very common. Uh, Low-level electrical field activates the body's internal repair ne- mechanism, which in turn stimulates bone healing. So bone growth therapy was initially used to stimulate uh, natural healing process in long bone fractures, which means like your legs and stuff. The treatment has proved successful for other things as spinal infusion and blah, 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 blah. But that's basically what it is. So I get this huh. wonderful jiggy-jaggy. Yeah, I get these little electrical pulse things going. And and the, the interesting thing is uh, you you. You wear it, right? And you turn it on. It's, I mean, it's a pretty fascinating thing. It, it, it keeps track of how long you wear it. You have to wear it four hours a day. And it keeps track of it. So if you, you wear it like an hour and 15 minutes, you shut it off. And next time you turn it back on again, it, it takes you right from that spot. And then after the four hours comes up, it shuts itself off. And then it keeps track of that so that uh, they know. You can actually get an app for it, by the way, so that you can download it and look at all kinds of whatever stupid thing but it's actually guaranteed guaranteed yes guaranteed healing wow that's it's that's it's it's funny we we go far we go forward in science and then all of a sudden it's like no something that we knew a long time ago that we've ignored it's now proven you know what i'm saying like it just proves what we thought for generations or or for years, this, yeah. this idea that energy is what we need to heal. Isn't that wild? It is. It's really crazy. Uh, and Bigerman in Massachusetts, they're just they're banning all forms of electrical shock therapy in, in uh, uh, mental hospitals, which a lot of, not just some, a lot of uh, um, psychologists actually believe helps in, in uh uh, and treatment so bizarre yeah the, the problem with it is that it uh, because we also it used to be really huge down here in florida mm-hmm. um probably just like well, it's, it's actually it's, it's in one of my books this whole thing about these um on the the campus i believe the university um what do you call the uh, florida state university mm-hmm. where they conducted these uh, experiments even after you weren't allowed to do them anymore and people kept returning to these places mm-hmm. um, after the kind of clinic for it was shut down in the college um, and then now, now they believe these spirits come 
back to that same place. So it's like it, the, the problem with electrotherapy is that it was unpredictable. You know what I'm saying? Like it, right. in other words, it changed what you were, but there was no reset button or something like that, that, that made you whole. It just changed where you were. And so it was, you know, even after years of doing it still, they weren't able, ever, ever, ever able to hit the right combination of buttons to do what they wanted. It just did something different. Right. And don't they have, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that if you have, oh, what's the thing that Michael J. Fox has? Parkinson's. Yes, I believe Parkinson's, one of the treatments for us, they can put electrodes into your skull and they shoot this little electrical current in and it helps you control your, your shakes and everything else. I did not know that. That's yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm 99% sure on that one. I don't think Michael yeah, it's, Fox has it, but I know that other it, it, it is used in other people because I, I saw a report on it one time. They did a, an extensive report. This is not where I thought this conversation was going, but I'm totally loving it. Oh, it, I mean, if we can always <laughs> change. I mean, I, I'd rather talk about stuff that I like to talk about. And this is one of the, you know, this is interesting in itself. I mean, you know, who thought that I would be sitting here and I'm not wearing it now, but, you know, an a, like EMF generator for healing. I mean, that sounds like and voodoo witch magic, right? It, that's what you were saying. And I was like, okay, so who is your doctor? Was it a, some kind of voodoo practitioner? Because, you know, we've always traditionally thought that EMF and the presence of EMF had a negative impact, right? Like, that's why you don't build your house near power wires. That's why, you know, you make sure that yeah. you're there's not cracks in, in your the devices around your house, the, the things that create a lot of EMF, and yet they're using it for healing. I, I guess it's the targeted part. It's just, I don't know. I'm really concerned with it being that close to your brain, man. Now, the, the interesting fact is, is our body is, uses electrical energy all the time. I mean, that's how it right. works for so many things. So it's, it's not, when you think about it, it's not, Strange. I mean, how do we bring our heart back? We shock it, right? Right. So right, he has right. a thing like, shoot. So electricity plays into port and part to it. So, you know, EMF, we generate EMF ourselves uh, through the electrical activity that, that goes on in our body. It's, it's very low, but it, it's definitely there. Uh, one of the you, things you wonder, go ahead. You wonder whether something that's out there uh, mm -hmm. in the same way connecting to a ghost right you connect to a spirit and then all of a sudden you seem to become a magnet for every other spirit in the area right like yeah. oh my word there's someone who's actively working or when you're using you know some kind of device it seems to be like a light to you know and moths can see it and they come to you i wonder if using this device actually confuses spirits and they're all of a sudden they're like well, wait a minute oh, i think there's something going on over there and uh you don't become your own little kind of like uh like a van helsing ouija board yeah, we'll find out, won't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and not only that, it's not only that because I have the lower copper belt on, so I'm, it's it's like okay, I'm really loaded now. So, uh, and you're like a superhero with the titanium in you. Yeah, yeah. you really are. It, it's you've had quite a journey the last couple of years. Yeah, but it's you know people worse off than I was. But anyways, the it, I find it so intriguing. I really do. And EMF now, like. We have all these cheap ass EMF detectors we use for ghost hunting, which, quite frankly, don't prove too much, but they are in use. Uh, 
one of the things I noticed when I used my cheap one is that when Maureen, who is a trans medium, would connect with spirit, uh, you know, the EMF meter would go blaring off. So I've, I've always wondered the, the connection, whether it's, it's is it, am I really detecting a spirit with the EMF meter or is Maureen generating more EMF herself? And that's what I'm picking up while she transfigures. So it's, it's one yeah, of those we, things. We, we don't think of ourselves, like you were saying, we don't think of ourselves as natural EMF emitters to a point where it would be measurable, right? Mm -hmm. But if whatever electric activity we're doing causes very, very small amounts that can't be detected, mm -hmm. if you're triggered the way Maureen gets, maybe that's what's amping up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing we don't know. And, and that's why, you know, I'm open to one way or the other. Oh yeah, maybe it is a ghost that I'm picking up on my cheap ass. Uh, EMF meter, or may, maybe Maureen's just emitting more electromagnetic energy. Um, you know, I have a uh, I have a, a report somewhere about the body actually glows. I didn't know if you know that. There's a, we we do produce a low frequency of light uh, to, once again because of our electromagnetic activity in our body from you know all the nerves and everything else that that runs. Um, so it's, it's interesting that we are so tied to electricity and, uh, electromagnetic fields, which are produced from, so it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, I think. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's, once again, it's another thing that, you know, we've known for a long time, but that's like, oh my word, what's different about you? You're glowing today, or that mm. person just has to happen to have a certain light. And then of course, you know, the whole concept of auras and things like that, um, Science is just catching up to the old wives' tales, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, you know. Oh, by the way, you, you talked about my doctor. My doctor's a young guy, too. Yeah. He was a Nazi scientist, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's German, but he wasn't a Nazi. He's young, very young. He wasn't even born before the war. <laughs> I would think not. Okay. I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> I'm glad it would have been the, uh, the person who used your Nazi joke with. That was awesome. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so speaking, of, speaking about joking and, and other things, what's your thoughts on, you know, you know the tragedy of the uh, Titan? Uh, you know, we already have people yeah. out there doing EMF uh, for the things. We've got mediums supposedly contacting the people, that other Investigators suggesting that people should go down in the submarines and do an investigation. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I I, I think leave leave tragedy alone. You know, um, we did an episode of uh, of my our podcast. Oh, what is your we podcast? And where is it available, Chris? Before we, you know, uh, tripping on it's called Tripping on Legends. Yeah, um, and it's available everywhere now. It's oh, even cool. it's even on the uh, on Spotify now, so you can get it anywhere and. Uh, we just switched servers about a year ago, so we're trying to get our numbers back up because we lost a lot of people when we switched over. Yeah, um, but we were we were following up on a case that was at um, uh, it, it was in Collier, not Collier County. It was in it was on the other coast. It was at a community college, and the concept of it was was that very recently, like only within the last two or three years, there had been this brutal murder on the campus, yeah. and it was like do you go and investigate, right? Because already after like just not a lot of time at all, people were starting to talk 
um, backstory. It's like that this is what was going on. All of a sudden now there's a ghost here. We believe it's the ghost of this. So it was almost like watching the ghostly folklore kind of ha- start being created happen in real time. And the entire episode is us debating this idea of like, what's the difference between tragedy and bad memories or bad things that have happened. Right. And it, I think it's really, you used to joke all the time before there were memes out there. You were the one that always used to joke about bringing uh, ghost hunting equipment to a funeral, right? <laughs> you were the first person who ever used right, to throw right. up that joke all that, nine that, years ago. That, now, now was, like all that was, not a, that was not a joke. No, I I'm with that. you, right? But I that's did like, that. I did that. <laughs> did you actually? Jeff Belanger um, and I went but, to Sean Poirier's funeral, and I brought an EMF meter. To, to me, that, that's just – and not you, because that was you know someone you were closer to. It, it, it's not necessarily exploiting – um tragedy which i think it often is a lot of times i'm not i can't remember the name of the guy who does the the uh, ghost box sessions with the people famous people who die in like 10 hours later he's communicating with them um Mm -hmm. but like that to me seems like let the moment have its time right um let the loved ones have its time yeah you know i mean it's 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 uh there's a difference between tragedy and backstory you know, and I think that if you if you're hopping right on something, assuming that just because bad things happened or death happened, that there are going to be ghosts, um, you're kind of tainted going in in the first place. So let those things lie. I wouldn't touch that. I'm, I'm you know, there's, there's a whole like pushback about all the Titan stuff and, and, and the people making fun of it and people posting about it and people posting yeah. their opinions and people posting opinions on people's opinions. It's like mm. it's. It's we're, we're moving too fast. We know things too soon. Just let it go, let it go. And if years later we want to kind of explore it, I'm not sure what the time is on that. I'm not sure when you would actually, when it becomes respectful, mm-hmm. um, let it lie. You know, that's like, for instance, that would be like, you know, the murderers in the West, I forget, is it Utah or, or, or somewhere out there, the four college students that were murdered? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know the case. Oh, right? uh, so go yeah, yeah. I can't. Think no, of no, it. I'm, I'm disagreeing with you. Yeah. So they they have a guy they arrested for it, right? So that would be like somebody at the college going into that building with a you know a EVP recorder or something, and and is trying to contact them now. Which right, it, right. It, time has passed, right? Time has passed. It's been you know several months, but. This guy hasn't even been on trial yet, and, and yet yeah. you're going to do that. I mean, that's like, and so, so what if they what if they go into this building? All right, now this is all hypothetical, and and it doesn't is not my particular opinion. But what if what what if they went in the building and they said, okay, uh, we got a voice, and it said, uh, say the guy's name that they arrested was Joe. Oh, uh, Joe Blow killed me. Uh, that's totally, you know, EVPs. You can make anything out of them you want. Right. Uh, but so, so that's what they get, right? So this guy's on trial, and that gets out on social media, which you know will get a million hits, I'm sure, for some way or the other. So that this guy has already been condemned. It's bad enough he once you get arrested, you're already half condemned, anyways. But what if yeah. at that point he wasn't really the the killer? So what what the hell was that? I mean, you, you know, and it's just crazy. It's just like, 
I, like I said, I, this is not my opinion. You know, I, I believe they have the right guy, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but what if it wasn't? And, and, and people are casting these these fake stuff out there. Yeah, and like I said, I think I think it's I think it's um, you know, and I'm and I'm coming from a very different place in the paranormal uh, than I used to come at this idea of, you know, what is what are the stories that are developing? What are people saying? You know, and so it it implies that I don't do what I do anymore until people are already talking about there are ghosts there. Right. Um, and so because you look you at know, the legends from the beginning, right? Right, right, right. And you look at, but and I and I always come from the point of view of um, there might be activity happening. The legends are just our way to try to understand it, mm -hmm. right? So it's the legend may be completely separate with any paranormal activity that might be happening. So I was talking to a woman today, and she's, you know, she said, "Well, where's a good place?" And I said, "Well, here's in this one area in Florida, there have been more deaths than anywhere else in the state, right? It's this really." Um, it's a, it's a body of water, right? What do you say? You can do that statistically. You have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. it's like yeah, right, right. It's it's a lot of people have died on this little stretch of water. You know, it's kind of like Horn Pond in in Woburn, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. or Lake R in in Long Island. Just a lot of people die in this one little body of water because the undertow takes them. It looks very calm. There's an accident. All these things like that. I said, but there's never been a ghost report, which is kind of weird, right? Uh, which is yeah. kind of, and, and for me, it's just this, the part of the story that I'm working on is this one area should be crazy haunted and it's not. There's these three different locations where things have happened, and yet no one from these small towns in Florida want to talk about the fact that there are hauntings there, right? So it's kind of mm -hmm. like they whisper between themselves, but they don't say anything. And which I'm like, is, you can go there and how... investigate. Isn't that how originally most of them starts with just just the whispering? I that's kind of what this the my the book I'm working on right now is about is this idea of you know it's haunted, but like they don't want people to know their business, right? And these ghost stories are just supposed to be theirs. And what does that tell you about the ghost stories? Well, first of all, it probably tells you that they're probably true, right? right. Um, but it's just this idea of you know. She was like, oh, we're going to go there. We're going to investigate. And I'm like, that's, that's amazing. There's never been a ghost story out of it. It should be haunted, but it's not. Um, right. Maybe. And, and you know, so it, it's always interesting when I hear people just assuming that because something bad has happened, there are going to be ghosts. You know, it's the assumption that's that right. we want to make because of our fascination with ghost stories. And, and you know, you have the, the George Washington theory, you know, uh, a syndrome, right. you know, whatever it's called. So like if George Washington died in a location, well, he must be haunted. It. You know, or somebody died in a location, they must be haunted. It when it's not necessarily true. Right. Right. And it's, it's, and it's, you know, once again, it's the filter that we create because it's what we know. Right. right. So it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, Joe Johnson, who whose spirit is showing up, it's got to be George Washington because George Washington once stayed the night here, right? And therefore, that's the filter that we know. That's the thing we can hold on to because, uh, you know, as you're hearing these stories or these things are happening to you, they're crazy enough on their own. So you need something to give you some kind of stability. So you bring in the familiar, which is my it, bread and butter. That's what I do. Yeah, and and that's you know that's what people want. They want 
they want that famous thing. I mean, you go to like, for instance, uh, reincarnation. Reincarnation. It seems like everybody <laughs> right. is, a, you know, everybody's a, a princess or a whatever, a saint, famous pirate or whatever, or even uh, what's the other thing? Or even in ancestry, people will go back to their ancestry and and go off on all kinds of little shoots till they find out they're related to the Queen of England. You know, it, we, we want that connection to something famous, something rich, something powerful. So that's what we do. And the light, and without that, at least something known, right? Like something that's yeah. logical and, and you can you can put your feet on it. You can touch it and be like, oh, I get it. It was a this, you know, it, it was, a, oh, I get it. He was a, um, a farmer, not like, and notice no one's ever ancestors with like tax people or like really boring people, you yeah, know? And then the other, <laughs> the other part of that is, Right. Like, you know, all these Ouija board stories that come out and it's never. Hi, my name is John. Um, mm. Yeah, I was a tax attorney and it's always I'm a child. I was brutally murdered by my parents. I'm buried in the backyard. Like, it's always these really dramatic things which are meant to um, keep you going. Right. They're meant to kind of like continue to draw you in, make you interested, make you use what you've got. Your energy to the break, Chris. So it. we're going to have to continue to have to break. But we did, we did okay. connect with, we did connect with somebody who was a lunch lady at a college, local college. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the Ouija board. Why not? So I'm speaking All with right, Chris Lozano. So Chris, what's, what's a good website or something that people can contact you with? Uh, the best thing to do would just, Either go to trippingonlegends.com or uh, facebook.com backslash trippingonlegends. Everything we do ends up on Facebook in one way or another. Yeah, I know. Like the rest of our sad lives. Anyways, exactly. uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. My special guest tonight is Chris Balzano. And we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts. The Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very, very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member of the Dead Air Society by becoming a member of Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon for a mere three bucks a month, less than a cup of coffee. There's over 50 videos and crap on there. So, yeah, go check it out anyway. So we got to take a break, and uh, when we come back, right after the messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, 
and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. back of course that is the music from van helsink and we're brought to you by our very good friends the podcast wizards themselves tojinet radio uh a special guest today is the most honorable uh christopher <laughs> Walzano. Right. i i have never been called honorable so nice job thank you yeah well you know i i was trying to be nice oh thank you yeah. Anyway, so you've got a, a lot of projects. You've written a ton of books. Give us a quick rundown of, of your books so that people can look for them. Sure. Um, I have two books about the infamous Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, one is called Ghosts of the Bridgewater Triangle, worst title ever. <laughs> and the other one is called Dark Woods, Cults, Crime, and the Paranormal, the Freetown State Forest, which cool, was is just about the Freetown State Forest, one of the apexes. It's probably uh, one of the books I'm most well known for that people kind of come back to and it's still to me an amazing book um I, I've gotten now two Florida ones that are under my belt one is called um haunted Florida love stories which I absolutely love the concept and the idea of and then uh haunted Ocala National Forest which is a very similar backstory to Freetown State Forest just these these areas around the country I just happen to live somewhat near one of them that have some kind of weird energy going on and all the towns around them feel it. And there's a higher thing of, uh, of paranormal activity all around them. And, and then I got a whole bunch of other books too. Yeah. So Chris spells out and check them out. Are they available on Amazon? Yep. They're all available on Amazon. So check out, check them out on, on Amazon. You can get, they're good reading. I mean, especially Doc Woods. That's a, that's a classic. Uh, it's so funny because it's my first book. Um, I would go so far as to say that it's pretty poorly written. It's definitely <laughs> poorly edited um, yeah. because I had no editor. I did not know back then that the that Schiffer, um, yeah, it must back have been then Schiffer. especially, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they um, at that time there there was no editors. They would just literally put your program, put your put your manuscript into a program and, and print it out. Um, and so I thought like, oh, there's someone and they work with me and they tell me this part's a little weird or you've used the wrong word here. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot of grammatical errors, but I keep going back to that book because the, the concept of it is, and what made me, what sparked me to write it was this one area of Massachusetts has all of this crazy paranormal activity, all of these uh, weird UFO sightings that are going on, but then it also had all this unusual crime. And it had these serial killers and it had 
um, um, weird criminal cases. And then it also had higher rates of teen suicide in this one town and higher rates of, of all these other things. And I'm like, is the same source energy, which is contributing to be these ghosts, also contributing to these other weird things that are going on and these other things that we take for granted that happen all over the place. Are, is there a, are those things connected? And then the interesting thing is I was able to kind of continue that exploration in my most recent book out, which is the, the Haunted Ocala one. Yeah, that's we, we had you on the show talking about that. That's an, it sounds really interesting. I haven't seen the book, but uh, you know, the stories you told on the show were, you know, were quite intriguing. Uh, so it's funny yeah, because since I, that the book's been out about a year, the number of paranormal shows that have been on to promote it hasn't been very high. What I'm getting called in to talk about are the true crime aspects of it because I so know. many that's, famous that's right things, mm. so many famous things. I mean, if you were to create a list of 10 most famous serial killers or most famous murderers in, in the country, uh, half of them, one way or another, have touched the Ocala National Forest. Everyone really? from Manson and Bundy to Otis Toole to... Uh, Ron Farrell, the vampire killer, to um, to Monster, Arlene Mornos, like all of these people at some point or another were impacted or were active even sometimes in the Ocala. Wow. That's pretty intriguing. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cry, true crime now is like really hot on podcasts and stuff now, which, you know, people get tired of. I mean, there's like a million podcasts on ghosts out there right now. And uh ufos and bigfoots and stuff like that but yeah and it, it cycles what we you know the interesting thing is and, and you know you and i have been doing this long enough that we've seen the phenomenon of of ghost media right like we've seen the the rise of the tv shows yeah. the changing of the tv shows the falling of the tv shows you know it, that was always we contributed to the idea that when you watch the tv show like ghost hunters back in the day, right? Yeah. Like the OG kind of show of it for individuals. You could go do that yourself, <laughs> right? Like you could do yeah. it and you could experience a ghost yourself and you could go out there and you could use modified versions of their equipment. And then eventually you could buy the same equipment that they were using and you could go do it yourself. And I think true crime has kind of now taken that role because there have been enough people in true crime podcast listeners and, and people who create content who have solved crimes. Yeah. Right? Like they've actually done it. So, and then, as a matter of fact, isn't there like a whole movie now about, or a TV show about, about people who know, find the killer and they can kind of use them to promote their podcast. This Wasn't idea that, like, that you uh, could... murder she wrote. There you go. No one wants to live with with that woman, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think true crime has done that now, right? Like (laughs) you can go and you can solve the crime yourself. If you were just to by hearing that, um uh find the one clue that someone missed and follow up on it. Mm -hmm. And there have been real cases where there's happened, like anything from you know, the the, uh, the the don't blank with cat thing to, you know, some people feel that um, the woman's kind of, uh, I can't remember her name. I know she, she was married to Patton Oswalt before she passed. Like her looking into the Golden State Killer helped to solve that, people feel. And so, you know, you, you, you can become involved. And I think that that's what allows, that's what allowed it to become popular, you know? And, and that's, this, it worked 
you know, it worked that way too for you know, like mediums. When uh, what was that movie that came? It was the series came out. Was it Medium or uh, what was the name? Yeah, of it? Ghost Whisperer and Medium, Whisper. and then yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that was the same way. All of a sudden, you had a bunch of mediums that were were solving crimes. Uh, well, I don't know solving crimes, but they were giving their opinion on solving crimes. So yeah, yeah, it seems that yeah, TV does drive it. Uh, whatever. Yeah, it, it, I mean that's why we watch America's Got Talent and American Idol and stuff like that because it's like that could have been our next door neighbor or it could have been us. I could sing just good enough to get on this show. Maybe I could do it. Like that's always been being able to connect with your audience. You know, when I do a presentation um, and I do, I do them all over kind of the, the, the state of Florida, except for the panhandle. I haven't done the panhandle yet, but I'm doing it in a few months. When I present, I don't do it in terms of like, here's just a ghost story. I put it into their hands. Right. And I'm always, I'm always like, how many of you guys would go do this? Because you can most of my ghost stories don't take place in a hotel or someplace we have to pay to get into to do a ghost tour. It's like, there's this bridge in this town in Florida that you've probably never even heard of the town of Florida. And here's what's happening in that. You can go do this. And people get interested in that because it's like, not only do they feel like if they had enough courage, cause I always invite them jokingly to go with me to do it. If they had enough courage, they could go out and experience this legend. But then they also start to think, well, what about the bridge in my town that could happen here too? And that being able to kind of allow people to touch things that they normally wouldn't be able to touch or experience it or see it as something that they can actually do definitely appeals to them. Because that's always when I get the biggest response is when I turn it on the audience and say, how many of you guys would do this? That sounds good. But then you have like people that think it's almost their right to be able to go out and do these things. You know, they go to places that they should that aren't open to the public and yet they'll break in yeah. or or do things like that. I mean, and they do stupid. Look at the the guy there that I mean, the guy that wanted the ghost like locomotive and went out on the trestle and found the right. real locomotive. So I mean, there are and, inherent dangers to it as well. I mean, a lot of these buildings have bad floors and uh, that you could fall through. We had one in in Lowell uh, that that uh, they fell through a mill floor because they were out there. They were, they were urban explorers rather than ghost hunters, but similar so yeah i mean there yeah, are it's, ages so i mean right near you for example you have uh in wilton new hampshire you have graven cemetery uh, or i'm sorry valen cemetery which cemetery. we have a bunch of them. yeah never had it never had any kind of protection but one of the legends was that this one tombstone uh, i believe it was the tombstone of mary ritter would glow blue uh mm. and the, the the back story was that not only did the guy, he, he, he married Mary Ritter, she died, and then he married another woman who's also was Mary, so she became Mary Ritter number two. Oh, wow. And when, and when she died, he was like, well, I've already got the headstone and the plot, and he just put oh, the two the hell, right? on top of each other, yeah. right? That's the backstory, <laughs> at least. And now yeah. one of them walks the cemetery, and she glows blue. And the headstone was said to glow blue. Well, over the years, so many people in the area heard that legend that they began to chip the headstone oh. to take it home to see whether it would glow blue. And so now, I mean, I don't know what it's like now, but when I left New England, um, there were cops that would regularly have to pass through there to protect mm -hmm. the cemetery, you yeah. know, which then again changes the narrative because then people started to say, it's such a scary place and it's such a dangerous place. Police have to, no, police have to protect against the idiots that are going in and doing things to it.
Yeah, there was a cemetery down south. Uh, I don't remember this story, but it's one of my favorites. It's in my presentation, uh, uh, The Naked Truth About Ghosts, rated R. But uh, it was a, <laughs> um, a gentleman who, uh, well, they had a cemetery down there and, and things were happening in the cemetery at night. And the police couldn't uh, you know, go running to the cemetery at night. So they put up cameras, uh, you know, like trail cameras and they caught this man down there running through the cemetery naked waving his hands and stuff so they went down one night and they captured they arrested him and his his thing he says well i'm here to uh you know talk to the spirits and uh he's talking about orbs by the way and he says right. they 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 like me if i'm naked they, i attract more of them if i'm naked so that's right <laughs> <laughs> so there's this uh there's this cemetery. Once again, it's, it's part of the, the one of the stories, one of the books I'm working on right now. Uh, it's called Wild uh, Cow Prairie Cemetery, and it was going to be uh, plowed under, right? Because it was oh. kind of obscure. No one really knew about it. There weren't that many headstones because so many had been kind of uh, vandalized over the years, and the kind of ground yeah. had been taken over. And there's there's a lot of weird, sketchy stuff having to do with it. And uh, a friend of mine who I started to, to talk to and work with about the history of that area, her and I helped to save this cemetery, right? Oh, good. good man. And so uh, one, of the, one of the stories that goes along with this cemetery is that if you go there with someone of the opposite sex, you'll mm -hmm. eventually get married. Like there's a uh, long history uh, of people going to the cemetery. And wait, so wait, I, was, I was – with somebody from the opposite sex? I, I've gone with twice and I broke up with both of them, but okay. that night I went with someone just because I was like, oh, it's easy. I, I can get into it. There are these great, like, uh, like you were talking about the orbs. There are these great, they're there in that specific cemetery. They're called the Vespers and they kind of lure you in. And so I wanted her to see that. She was very much into ghosts. And then I was like, oh, also, you know, maybe there's a future behind us. So I took her to the cemetery <laughs> and we are kind of going through and, and we're kind of, you know, I'm telling her some of the stories and she's very much in more into the investigative side. So she had brought equipment and then all of a sudden these lights click on and we didn't, I didn't know at the time it was a recorded voice, but it was this great, huge booming voice that yelled for those of you in the cemetery, we see you in our recording. You will be committed or convicted of a crime. If any vandalism, occurs. like this little <laughs> weird obscure cemetery now has because so many people are now getting to it and they're kind of seeing this stuff and more importantly like people wanted to protect it that yep. there actually is an alarm where where as soon as you trigger it cameras start and then a voice warns you that if you do anything bad in the cemetery you will be arrested it's crazy <laughs> oh well cool stuff all cool stuff anyways yeah uh You've been posting on things. You are revised. Are you revising your your uh, haunted uh, object book or what is it? Haunted, so, yeah, yes, it's called Haunted Objects: uh, yeah. Stories of Ghosts and Shell. Um, and it's it, you know it, it's a book that I wrote with Tim Weisberg, yeah. um, who does the show Spooky South Coast, and 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 you know is, is one of my really good friends there. Yeah, my word, right? Mm -hmm. And so him and I wrote this book, um, just book. talking about. I love the book, you know, yeah. and, I've, and I've been rereading it. It failed. It's totally bombed. Mm -hmm. um, it within uh, only a few years went into remainder, right? Like I've never had a book go into remainder before. 
and it was only like five years. The company did a horrible job promoting it. They had never done a ghost book before. Tim and I were out there busting our asses, kind of like doing, you know, going on every show and, you know, and all stuff like that. And the book just kind of fizzled and it ended up that the company got bought out and then they like auctioned off their titles and, da, 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 da. and so whatever this, all this legal stuff, the rights came back to us. Mm. And yet everyone I talked to about the book, they want the book, right? They yeah. buy the book. So I literally go and do events. I've been buying used copies online. Every time I see it online, I buy a used copy. Yep. And not only do people want to pay me full price, I, w- I was at a, a, an event a few months ago. I got up to leave. I came back. There was a $20 bill on my – and the book itself is only $13. There was a $20, book on, $20 bill on my table, and I'm like, well, someone left money. What's up with this? And then later as I was packing up, I realized they had taken the book. There's an <laughs> interest for this, right? There's a yeah. need for this. And so Tim and I were like, we've already made our money off of this. Why don't we revise it in terms of just like shit? self-publish it, sell it crazy cheap, and then use that as kind of our way to springboard into writing a follow-up book about it. Because people, especially now, right? Like uh, Robert the Doll from Florida is a huge focus of the book, right? Now people, 10 years later, this is what was before Haunted Collector with John Zaffis and things like that. People are now even more clamoring for haunted object stories, you know? Um, I put something out there saying, hey, does anyone want to read the changes I've made and kind of make sure the format looks good. And people mistook it for they, I wanted their stories. I posted that a, like a week ago. Yeah, five I saw different that. people wanted right, to tell me haunt- yeah. 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 The five different people want me to put one, me to want to tell me their haunted object story because we all know those stories, right? When you mm-hmm. tell a story about Annabelle, my students know Annabelle, right? Mm-hmm. My students, not only do they know Annabelle, they know the backstory. They know that the doll in the movie is not the real doll. Like, it's it's these the idea of an object being the focus of a haunting is so universal to us and so understandable to us that people love stories about it and they also love that weird part of like well i love yard sales or whatever how do i know that this thing i just brought into my house isn't haunted and so it's a book that even though it's really dated some of it and i didn't want to update things like in the thing i just wanted to like kind of gloss it through and maybe add some follow-up stuff because we had some stories in the book where even after we published the book the object did something else we wanted to kind of like you know throw that throw that out there would have changed um people love those stories and and it's what i love about the book which i'm going to bring into the new one that we're going to do is that a lot of the chapters have to do with an urban legend or a famous one and then a, a personal story from somebody, you know? So for example, we cover like the curse of uh, France Ferdinand's car and James Dean's car, like how these cars crashed. Yeah. And then the objects were sold off to other people. And then those people either had accidents or had hauntings going on. And we use that to tell the story of, you know, flight 401 here in Florida, where the airplane went down and crashed and people died. They took the parts out, put them in other planes and then the ghosts of the people on the flight and, the, and the, the captain and everything started to be seen on these other flights across America. That's a good movie. So I really love that idea of like, let's bring some urban legend kind of stuff in. Let's bring some ideas in. And then, bam, we'll hit you with like someone's personal story. I, I actually have a question for you on this. But before one little yeah. shot note is before you published your book, I actually was was uh, presented to my publisher a book on haunted objects. 
and it got rejected. They said, oh, that's just the chapter. That'll never fly. So it, oh, it got, got rejected. <laughs> and then yours came out. Yours came out, right? So I, so I wrote back to him. I said, look, this guy did a whole book on it. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and it, you know, the book itself is ugly, I think. Like, the way that they did it was very much like, we don't know what we're doing. We're just going to make everything really, really creepy. And so Tim and I are kind of bringing some of the genuineness of it back. Yeah. So a question I have for you, and, and this is uh, actually, you know, it, it's it's open to discussion, I guess, would be more the thing. Not, what is the difference between a cursed object and a haunted object? Ooh, great. <laughs> so a haunted object would be one where the object itself is either the thing that brings the spirit back or the focus of the haunting. So for example, if you had a chair and something kept wanting to sit in that chair, right? Like, and you had maybe not that other ghostly activity, but every Friday at nine o'clock, the chair would start rocking or you would wait, your, your grandfather died. That was his favorite chair. And he's passed, and you see his ghost in that chair constantly, right? right. Or, or you something on eBay. keeps moving, like exa exactly, right? <laughs> so, um, a cursed object to me is just something that has negative energy attached to it. And so, so I don't think a cursed object makes uh, it, it. There's no connection to an actual spirit. It just makes the owner or the person who possesses it or the person who uses it bad things happen to them or to be a target of something. So on that note, like, for instance, the Robin the doll is pretty much a haunted object. But yet in your book, you, you were talking about Fernando's car and James D's car. Those are more cursed objects than haunted, don't you think? Um, so for those stories, the angle that we went with was right. that was that the um there was something about the energy of those that made all of the bad things happen so it wasn't that the it wasn't that there was a curse on them it was like some of the energy in the spirit of specifically the the James Dean car some of his spirit um was attached to it and so the accidents that happened afterwards were also because of negligence like driving too fast like things like that like in other words they were the the it's almost as if the people became or the car itself became possessed with the spirit of james dean um the french fernand one a little bit more of a curse i would agree with you on that now the difference is is that robert the doll and i am literally wearing a robert the doll shirt right now <laughs> robert the doll has the activity that's associated with him and people debate whether it's a cursed object whether a curse was specifically put on this doll uh to make it come alive and to make bad things happen or whether it's there's an actual ghost attached so to it. could it be cursed you know? and haunted so well i always say if you like the curse go with the curse if you like the, <laughs> yeah, the you know, and, and robert <laughs> It is. It is. Robert the doll was in, was one of the chapters where I, did, I, I, you know, edited and went through and formatted the whole chapter. And then I was like, in the last 10 years, I, so much has happened with Robert the doll. So much more backstory has gone on. One of the stories that just like in the last year that's come out is that um, the father of the father of Gene. So Gene's the boy 
Robert is his doll, right? He, he transfers his name to the doll. Some people have said that he transfers his energy to the doll or, you know, or, or there's something attached to it. All these different stories over the years. Something just so that they could kind of like have uh, another documentary about him. This new information came out that, no, the father was having an affair with one of the housekeepers. And, which has kind of already been there, right? That, and then she supposedly put the curse. But no, now it's different because he had the affair. She had a child. And because he was rich oh. and she was poor, when the child got sick, he refused to help the child. He refused to get the kid medicine because he didn't want to admit he had this illegitimate child. She dies, and she's the spirit that's in Robert. Oh, that's different. Yeah, I haven't heard that one before. It's totally right. And so and this was presented in this documentary as if it was fact. And it was had to have been fact because a psychic said it, right? Um, and so, <laughs> so I felt I'm like glad I needed you said to, that, not me. I, mean, I get enough trouble. I felt, I felt like I needed to like continue the story of Robert because, in my opinion, what had really happened was people um, pushed Robert aside because Annabelle became the star, right? And more people were talking about Annabelle. She kind of took the 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 helm of being, you know, the most haunted doll in America, and people were forgetting about Robert. They had just purchased the rights to be able to show Robert. Like the, the 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 company is no longer the same company. I feel like they needed to kind of give him like a little bit of a jump start. And so this documentary right. brings in new evidence and da da da. And so it's interesting because when I went, it was a twenty dollar tour, and you and we you did this whole ghost thing, and then it ended up in the place, and you got to go in there and be with Robert for a while. And now online, you can buy the Robert Experience. And you and your friend, they lock the entire place down and you can have hours alone with Robert. Uh, and, and, and they've really changed kind of like the way that they're promoting it and pushing it out there. The so house where back, Robert... Zach Bagan style. Exactly. Exa <laughs> sure. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, the house where he, um, where, he was originally, where he was originally housed and he was in the attic for years. When we went there in 2017... Um, we had to con the guy to get us into the attic to see the attic that Robert was in. And he did not promote it as being paranormal at all. Now he does, right? Like the story of Robert has changed. And so now That's news stories are coming out about, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a cursed or is it, um, or is it haunted? It all depends on what the people are wanting at the time. It seems. Chris, you're not going to believe this, but we run out of time. Oh my word. That was really quick. I know. Well, Craig, you know, you, you didn't, I'm sure that's not the way you plan on it going, but, uh, you know, I enjoy talking with you. We can discuss anything, I think, anyways. And I really appreciate that's why you I love joining coming me on, today. Ron. And I appreciate you joining me today. So uh, if anybody wants to get more information about Chris Bozano, once again, what is the best way? Trippingonlegends.com or Facebook backslash trippingonlegends.com. Okay, check out his books on Amazon. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, it's worth the read, worth the buy. So anyways, uh, thank, you. thank you so much, Chris. Thank you very much, Ron. I've had a great time as always. Yeah. So uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation with Ron. My special guest has been Chris Balzano. We're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member 
of the Go Dead Air Society on Patreon, Ghost Chronicles Radio, and uh, get access to like 50 videos and all kinds of other crap. So thank you for listening, everyone. Good night. God bless. Stay safe. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.